You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Good morning. <laughs> We're in uh, Chapter 7 of the Tomer Devorah, where he's outlining uh, the virtue of Tiferet. Uh, tiferet, if you recall from last week, is, uh, uh, is defined as uh, beauty. Um, it is understood um, among the higher spherot to be, uh, to be sort of a, a, a balance, a, a divine balance uh, between, on the one side, kindness, uh, chesed, and on the other side, uh, gvura, power. And so Tiferet is sort of an amalgamation of those two things um, that, uh, that, um, that is alternatively viewed as, as uh, the divine heart, um, the divine stomach, um, if you kind of view the chart of Sfirot as, uh, as, um, as the picture of a human body, the center of gravity, right, if you will, of God. And, and, and Cordovero in, in chapter 7 identifies Tiferet, beauty, with the study of Torah. Right? And so if you're thinking about how to uh, emulate God in the world, right, emulate God in your behavior, the most basic understanding that that uh, that Cordovero brings in this is uh, is that uh, is that the study of Torah, the study of which which is identified alternatively as beauty and as truth. Right, there's this uh, um, sort of whole poetic notion of uh, the, uh, equating beauty and truth and equating those two things both with Torah. And so he says, if you want to emulate that attribute of God in the world, um, uh, one would study Torah. But he doesn't just stop there because, like we saw in a couple of other places, um, that's sort of the obvious level. Right? And that doesn't really require a lot of explication, um, especially because of the uh, preponderance of material in the Jewish tradition um, uh, articulating the value and importance of, uh, of, of Torah study. So what he's interested in is how you study Torah and, and what your disposition is when you study Torah. Right? What sort of things um, for a person who's studying Torah um, make that practice um, irrelevant or, 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 or not good? And the primary thing that he mentions is haughtiness in Torah study, is ego in Torah study, right? The uh, the, the capacity of people. This is it, I, when I was reading, looking this over this morning. I, I was just thinking about um, this is like Lahav deal, um, uh, but um, I was thinking about uh, uh, Senator Santorum's comment um, about uh, about the president wanting people to go to college. You know, saying what a snob, right? Now, I'm not sure if I agree with what Senator Santorum said there, but I think that that the the, the idea of, of snobbery and uh, and um, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, looking down at your nose at people because of learning is the sort of thing that uh, that Cordovero is talking about here. Although I think he wouldn't say that people shouldn't go to college because that's snobbery. Uh, but uh, but nevertheless, right? But I think that the the idea that someone of learning, because of their learning, could look down their nose at other people because of their lack of learning, right, um, is I think a real issue, um, and it's something that that uh, that that I encounter, um, you know, in schools. 
um, not just Jewish schools, right, all schools. We talked about this last week, right, the relationship between students and teachers. It happens among rabbis and among Torah scholars, right? He's talking about specifically Torah, but we brought into the conversation last week all sorts of scenarios in which uh, that kind of haughtiness can play out. And we talked about the relationship between teachers and students last week. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll move on from that this week, and we'll go to the second thing that he mentioned. So that's shenit. In the, in the English, it's secondly. Shenit hamit torato al ha'ani oto. So someone who is haughty in his learning um, over a poor person and insults a poor person. There's a, a sense in the tradition that, uh, that, that, uh, that one can be uh, wealthy uh, through the study of Torah. Right? Not, not physically wealthy, not, not uh, materially wealthy, but, uh, but, but spiritually wealthy, intellectually wealthy in the study of Torah. Um, and, uh, and, and there is a, a capacity in people generally to to exalt themselves by putting down others. Right? The same thing we looked at with, with students. So, someone who is haughty in his learning over a poor person and insults him. So, there's a story in the Talmud about Elijah. So, Elijah appeared to Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar as an ugly poor person. This is a, a famous story in, uh, in, in the Talmud, uh, in, uh, in tractate uh, uh, um, uh, um, Ta'anit, uh, uh, page 20. So there's a story of Elijah who appears to Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar as an as a ugly poor person. Nivzev nimas. So he, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar um, insults him and uh, is, uh, 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 sorry, excuse me, Nivzev um, Nimas, uh, the poor person is, uh, is uh, despicable and loathsome. Lahachshilo, uh, it was a means to, to trap, to cause uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar to stumble. The story goes that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, you can see in the English at the bottom, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar uh, was, uh, interesting, he um, writes the name. Uh, incorrectly here, I think, um, in the in the footnote. But uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar was uh, coming from studying Torah, and he encounters this uh, this ugly person uh, riding uh, uh, um, uh, on the side of the road, um, who greeted him. And Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says to him, um, "Good for nothing! How ugly you are! Are all your fellow citizens as ugly as you are?" And the man replied, I don't know, but go and tell the craftsman who made me how ugly is the vessel which you have made. Right? Who's the craftsman who made him? God, right? So go tell God, right, that you think that his creation is ugly, right? Uh, to which uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar was, um, was given his comeuppance right, in that, uh, that moment. Now, um, uh, uh, it's interesting, he's going to say... Um, uh, this was uh, a means of telling Rabbi Shimon Elazar to his face, rebuking him to his face, although it seems to me the story is kind of passive-aggressive. It's not really rebuking him to his face. But in any event, right, so Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar is coming really, you know, feeling good about his Torah. And he, that positive energy, those, those endorphins are rushing, and he sees a poor person, he's like, hey, man, you're real ugly, right? Um, and, uh, and... And, the, and, and it takes the poor person to say to him, you know, someone who, someone who studies the word of God ought to know, ought to be able to recognize the beauty in all of God's creations. Right? And the fact that you can't, right, means that you didn't really study. That you didn't really learn Torah. 
If you really learned Torah, you wouldn't insult other people. And then he then then Cordovero says, Kia mitzgaer al haani gorem shatiferet mitzgaer al yesod. Right. So he's going to talk about this in a sort of metaphysical way. Someone who um, who who exalts himself at the expense of a poor person causes uh, God's beauty to um, to exalt at the expense of uh, God's uh, foundation. In other words, um, uh, um, uh, causes God's beauty to not become contracted into the world. Yisod is a way of contracting divinity into the world. And so he's saying that when, when one mirrors this, when a human being mirrors this in their own behavior, when they exalt their own learning at the expense of someone else, what they do is they cause divinity to become puffed up and stay out of the world when it could otherwise be coming in. V'im da'ato shel chacham But if a, a, a wise person is um, uh, is uh, esteems highly the poor person, right? If you if you respect, if a wise person respects a poor person, then as then beauty will pour down onto foundation, right? In other words, God, divinity can contract into the world when a student of Torah respects even a poor person, right? Or maybe. You could take that step further. When a well, it seems to be more more than respect. Yeah, it's being highly esteemed. Mm. Right. So it's it's a step. It's a step. Uh, excuse yeah, me. A step that. above that. Right. Not not just respect, right, but highly esteemed. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's interesting that it's a dato in, in the Hebrew. It's dato miushevet alav. Um, I think maybe highly esteemed might be too strong, but respect might not be strong enough. So maybe somewhere in between. Um, uh, but but in any event, right? But it's but it's it's it's. I think there are are, are a lot of examples where, um, and this isn't just doesn't just come from people of learning, right? But this comes from from a lot of people where um, where like we re, where we where we esteem and respect poor people in theory, but when we encounter them on the street, we don't. Right. Um, and we, you know, our, our, in our encounter with them, we, um, it's very hard to shake this sense that I'm better than you, right? So we, like, you know, we sort of, like, patronize uh, poor people. Sometimes we'll, like, you know, be, be kindly to them. Sometimes we'll give them a dollar if they ask. But how often have, have any of you actually, like, stopped to have a conversation with someone who asked you for money on the street. I mean, maybe you have a, a once or twice, but but I, I can say for myself, it's it's rare that I do. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what they want. They don't want conversation when they stop you on the street. They, they want, want the dollar. So I, I'm well, not sure if that's universally true. I think not that that's universal. Right. But, you know, I think that that is sometimes yeah, true. Little is universally. They don't want conversation. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not I'm not totally sure that that's true. I think that a lot of times. Um, uh, people on people who are poor and homeless want to be recognized as human beings. Yeah, but yeah. not the one who has the cup in his hand. I, I don't necessarily. And I'm going to disagree with you, Ali, but that's okay. Okay, and <laughs> might he not think that you are patronizing him in the evoking of conversation? To it all depends saying, on how you do it. I, mean, I understand. It's saying, hey man, I'm really after the buck. I'm not after the conversation. But are, yeah. are we talking about someone who is? Monetarily poor, or someone who is spiritually poor. 
because the contrast doesn't seem to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's talking about monetarily poor because it's in in the next section it's going to talk about poor in learning. But um, or so, but it, but anyway, go ahead. Because you don't have to be. Usually, contrast to someone who is rich and someone who is poor. Mm -hmm. And this is someone who is studying the Torah versus someone who is poor. Mm -hmm. So I gotta believe there's poor has a more significant meaning. It is. You think it's talking about spiritual poverty? Yeah, I do. And 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 so and and therefore, okay. So what, what's who's someone who's spiritually poor? Well, one of the interpretations I get out of this is somebody who uh, is not as learned in Torah. Mm -hmm. All right. So looked down as being. Inferior. Mm -hmm. So the the challenge, the only problem I have with it, I think it's a beautiful interpretation. The only problem I have with it is that the next paragraph is going to be talking about somebody who has less Torah learning than you do. Um, so I think that it's a, a, a beautiful interpretation. I wonder if you'll still have that interpretation okay. when we look but, at the next way, paragraph. The, yeah. the idea of the trickery that they're using Elijah specifically certainly can lead you to that conclusion. Right. Mm -hmm. It's you know the fact that he's dressed. Right. Beggarly, and I'll use that phrase because I think that's what the translation uses. It seems to be hiding the knowledge, not so much the monetary situation. That's interesting. Yeah, I, you right. know, that's what he's really talking about. No matter Burke. what they're trying to prove here, uh, you know, if someone's poor, they're poor, no matter how they appear. Well, it's really interesting in the tradition to look at, to go through and see how Elijah is used. Very often, Elijah is used in the tradition in association with poverty, right? So either Elijah is dressed up as a poor person, or Elijah um, is the defender of poor people, right? So there's a story, there's a couple of different stories in the Talmud. One um, that, uh, I, if any of you remember from a year ago when I was here interviewing um, from the Tractate Sanhedrin, where um, uh, Rabbi Joshua ben Levi meets Elijah and, Eli and wants to know where the Messiah is. And so Elijah tells him that uh, he's sitting at the gates of Rome uh, with with lepers, you know, poor and despised. And uh, and the the one of the messages of that story seems to be, um, you know, don't pass by a, a, a poor sick person uh, and think that they're nothing because they could be the Messiah, right? Um, there's another story uh, that I was just reading in a, a great book uh, called Justice in the City by my teacher from uh, L.A., Rabbi Arya Cohen, and he says that, uh, uh, there's, there's a, he doesn't say, he quotes a story from uh, uh, Bava Batra in the Talmud where um, uh, 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 the Mishnah implies that building a gatehouse around your apartment complex is a good thing. But then it quotes a story saying that a, that a wise person or is not, a, a sage used to have Elijah come and visit him, and then he built a gatehouse, and Elijah stopped coming to visit him. And the commentaries ask, well, why did, why did Elijah stop coming to visit him? Obviously, it, it, he considered the gatehouse a bad thing. Why did he consider the gatehouse a bad thing? Rashi says, because it prevented the cries of the poor from being heard. Mm. So Elijah frequently comes and and points out the the uh, the responsibility we all have to to uh, to to hear to see 
to uh, be involved with the cause of the poor. Now, it may not mean that, that every poor person on the street is looking for conversation, but I think what Elijah's doing here is saying, you know, if you can't see the possibility that every poor person might be Elijah and therefore give them the respect to do that you would, the same respect that you would have given if you knew that that person was Elijah, then there's something, that, then, then you're not totally engaged the way you ought to be. Yeah. Well, Okay, then we go, I, I, I'm looking at the footnote at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it defines foundation uh-huh. as poor, but poor are the ignorant. No, 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 so that's a, that's a, that's a separate comment. So um, well, it, it's interesting because he doesn't like actually have numbers here for his footnotes, but, but the ignorant is, uh, is in this paragraph that starts thirdly. Okay. He who raises himself in pride by virtue of his Torah over the ignorant. Um, so that's uh, that's that's where that the ignorant is uh, literally the people of the land. No, if you it's look a note in the, before that. It's a note before that. Right. No, I know. The, but the note before that is foundation is called the poor. Right. That's right. But the next thing is the ignorant is another. Okay. Footnote. It's it's complicated. It's 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 confusing because he doesn't have numbers here. But that's another a okay. different footnote on a, on a different part of the text. Um, Right. So, but 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 I see. What, I mean, but the truth is, the truth is that um, um, learned people, whether or not they are rich, have the have a maybe heightened capacity to be condescending to uh, people who are both poor in knowledge and poor financially. Um, I think that is a short statement. I don't agree. You don't agree? No. Okay. Because no, I think people who are genuinely have knowledge respect the fact that they can help other people learn. So I think what you said is, is too one-sided. The truly yeah. knowledgeable person, not the person who is book smart and yeah. read, but the person who is truly knowledgeable has a as a feeling for humanity. Right. When you find someone doesn't know as much, we'll help them learn more. Yeah, yeah Denny, I agree with you 100%. And I, and I think that that's what, uh, so maybe uh, I misspoke, but I think that that's exactly what he's saying. I think what he's saying is, if, you, if you're a Torah scholar and you treat a poor person uh, the way uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar treated the poor person, then you aren't really a Torah scholar. I agree. You don't have genuine learning. I agree. Right? Yes. Right. I think that you're right. And, right. And, and, and it also means, right, that... Uh, he, anyway, yeah, good. So, uh, mm, it's a little late. I was, I, I was thinking phenomena of the... Uh, I, I forget the name. The people who were living out in parks during the summer... What do you call them? Uh, they, Occupy. They, the occupiers. occupiers. I thought the occupiers were extraordinarily condescending to everybody who wasn't an occupier. I thought, you know, this was like, this is like, this is like the reverse. It's like, like, you know, you people who have, who have wealth and everything else, because they were, they were, they were showing off that a, a, you know, a lack of it. And they were kind of looking at us and says, ah, you fool, you middle class, you know, fools, you know, everybody else. And so I, I, I'm, the categorization of back and forth, you know, how the, those who have less, look at those who have more, those who have more, look at those who have less, can become, can become kind of, a, um, a, a, like a, Arcast, typified, and doesn't really reflect, you know, the reality of it. And the money becomes a cover. You think you're great because you have. Maybe you think you're great because you don't have. As you, snob, I'm, I'm a bigger snob than you because I don't want what you have. I'm, I'm beyond what you have. <laughs> <Rabbi>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to resist the temptation to directly engage with this. <laughs> Very wise. Come on. Good for you. Good for you, Rabbi. Don't take a sucker bet. Don't get suckered in. Very good. And, uh... <laughs> Let me just finish this paragraph, and we'll stop here for, for today, and we'll continue with, uh, with, with, the, with, with, his, with his treatment of the relationship between a learned person and someone who's not learned in, in actual learning um, uh, next week. But um, So, right? so the, the poor person should be highly esteemed in the, in the, uh, in the mind of the, uh, of the sage. And he should bring him close. Right, that's a, that that I think is really powerful. So that's I think what exactly what uh, what you're saying, Dan. Right, a truly wise person will 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 regard as as uh, as fully human and as uh, as as uh, as as a, as the carvehu is the same root as a relative. Right, you should keep them close. Um, a, a poor person. And therefore, and by doing that, uh, in the divine realm, uh, God's beauty will come closer to Yisod, closer to foundation. It will become contracted more into the world uh, and will be uh, bound to it. So there's a, a connection that he's drawing here between how a person of learning uh, uh, treats uh, someone on the margins. And how God, God's lofty attributes can be brought into the world, right? How um, a, a person of learning can can kind of uh, um, uh, bring himself down, right? And how and by doing that, that God can also bring himself down or herself down. All right. Have a great day and happy leap day. Happy <laughs>